Welcome to Interchain FM, where we dive into the frontier of the blockchain space. We're now in the third generation of blockchain tech, where a burgeoning multi-chain ecosystem is about to explode into what we call the decentralized web. Where Ethereum is to the mainframe computing era of the internet, Cosmos is to the PC era. If you're seeking alpha in the Cosmos ecosystem, look no further. This is the destination for your exponential learning experience. Interchain FM is where you can get the download on all of the high signal projects, building bridges to one another, and how you can participate in the future of the internet. We're here at Modular Summit and I'm interviewing Mantle. What is your name and how are you involved with? Right, so first thing, thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm, I'm Arjun, I'm the head of ecosystem in Mantle. Um, so I've been in crypto for some time. Um, I started in 2016. I was uh, f I started doing crypto. Uh, you know, I read the Bitcoin white paper, got into that. Um, then I started working full time uh, in 2020, um, where I joined Polygon. At the time, uh, it was called Matic Network, and I was head of BDN growth at Polygon for about three years. The last November, I joined Mantle, um, and at Mantle, we we're doing something like really very interesting, where we're building a modular layer two stack on Ethereum. Uh, where we're using Eigenlayer as data availability. Uh, why did you get involved with Mantle? Why do you think the modular stack is compelling? So Mantle was born out of a DAO vote, right? It is. It doesn't isn't come with VC backing, or it's not a like a typical chain. Like you know, a DAO voted, so BitDAO voted to create a piece of infrastructure, and Mantle was born, and that's how we hired the team. So I found that like I found the Genesis story very interesting. We also have access to uh, BitDAO's funds. All of our funding comes from the DAO, and we've got about $4 billion on chain uh, in, in assets, which we can use to mobilize and grow the ecosystem. We also have the support of Bybit, the exchange, uh, who can help us with listing high potential projects. So as an ecosystem player, having a very strong community in the DAO, uh, having now having a piece of infrastructure, and having an exchange as well with which we can accelerate and, and create distribution for projects, Felt like a very compelling play to me. Um, also, I, I, I love the zero to one journey. So I'm a bit of a junkie, zero to one junkie that way. So that's kind of why I wanted to uh, start this. Uh, I think with why we chose to build Modular, I think it, it was a very obvious choice for us. Like if you look at just the future of how blockchains will be built, it's very clear the design is going to be Modular. Um, we've seen this kind of characteristic in Web2 as well, where Web2 was all about monolithic uh, architecture. It was all about... Uh, you know, large pieces of uh, software where, and we've gone from that to today where the entire sort of software industry is run with microservices and APIs. Uh, so we've seen modularization in Web 2 as well. And in Web 3, we will see the same with the, all the different, let's say, layers within a blockchain are going to be split up into, into sort of uh, different, let's say, uh, pieces, all of which are interacting seamlessly with, with each other. And with every piece of that, let's say, buy, you would see then interesting innovation happening. So on, on the data availability side, for example, uh, we're working with Eigenlayer, but we are also actively you know, in conversations with Celestia, with Polygon Avail. We're looking at if, if it makes sense to have multiple DA layers, possibly sometime in the future. And similarly, you know, with respect to finality, we're on, we're on, on Ethereum, but in terms of um, consensus or in terms of execution, like, you know, there are so many other innovations happening in that space as well. So in the VM space, for example, um, Arbitrum is doing a stylus, which is a new kind of VM. Polygon is developing Maiden. So that could be another space where there's like multiple VMs possible for chains to use. 
uh, on the finality side, on the consensus side, we've got, uh, we're running a sequencer ourselves, but decentralized sequencers, ZK EVMs, like, like there's so much innovation happening there as well. So when you open up the layers of a blockchain, you kind of tend to also spark innovation in all of these different layers. And I think like this will lead to uh, some amazing uh, blockchain configurations, right? Where I feel that we will get closer and closer to solving the blockchain trilemma as as we continue to modularize. So so I think I'm very excited about, about modular design philosophy. Quick elevator pitch. What is Mantle? Right. So Mantle is, is a modular layer two uh, scaling solution. We built on top of Ethereum. We use Eigenlayer for data availability. And uh, in terms of technology, we've gone with the modular stack. In terms of ecosystem, we have our own liquidity. We've got our own piece of infrastructure now. And we also have a, have a closely allied exchange. So we have the ability to take a project all the way from zero to 100, which is, uh, you know, take a project all the way from zero to grants to investments and all the way to listing. Um, on the technology side, fully EVM compatible. We've gone with the OP stack uh, and we're running the OVM. So all so if you're an Ethereum developer or if you're a Polygon developer, Arbitrum developer, Optimism developer, you're automatically a Mantle developer. So super easy to use, uh, super fast, very low fees, and at the same time, massive ecosystem to back it all up. So let's talk about the technicals a little bit. So what is the direction of the ecosystem? So this is very interesting. So in terms of technology, we, so we just went live like three days ago. Um, in terms of the technology, currently we're running OVM. So we're running the, uh, you could say, not the bedrock version, the OVM of um, the original Optimism version, uh, which has been live for almost 18 months. We, we're working with Eigenlayer and we've gone live with Eigen uh, with EigenDA, Eigen Data Availability. So um, currently uh, it's it's a configuration which, um, which the Mantle team has put together uh, using EigenDA's technology. I think once EigenDA goes into production later this year, then it will be sort of full-fledged run by the Eigenlayer infrastructure. It's, it's so interesting, right? So when you look at the space, so there are innovations happening on the um, on the fraud-proof um, sort of side where we see um, like compression in, in sort of roll-up data. So what we saw when we went from OVM to Bedrock, the gas cost, for example, on Optimism went down by 50%. So there's some interesting innovations there. Um, we've also actively been researching ZK VMs and trying to see that in the next, let's say, um, evolution of a network, maybe sometime next year, it doesn't make sense for us to, you know, go ZK. And, and you know, we've been in touch with all the ZK VM teams in the space um, and trying to get a sense of, suppose we have to do it, how would we do it, what's the best technology out there, which is compatible with most of the diff most of the opcodes, et cetera. So we're doing that research. Um, on the on the data availability side, we're working with Eigenlayer, uh, Eigenlayer right now, but we're also looking at all the other different stacks trying to see how the data availability space also evolves with different configurations, with node setups, data availability committees. Um, so some some interesting kinds of uh, ways of putting together and solving data availability. Uh, in terms of chain execution and VMs as well, like like I was explaining earlier, there are now, like there is now variety in, in the uh, sort of VM layer. Um, so earlier you would have possibly um, EVM, right? And you try to basically maybe build some customization into it. Now you can sort of build a custom VM which supports EVM and could support potentially um, other languages as well, which would offer more flexibility in terms of the kind of smart contracts and the kind of building you could do, right? So EVM stops being a limiter. So that's like, you know, something which we're also studying and we're trying to also actively, you know, engage with, with the folks at Ethereum Foundation, trying to get a sense of where EVM is heading as well. So there's, there's like a lot going on at the same time. 
um but but we were very excited about this journey um you know at our core we want to bring the best technology to market which obviously means uh, you know we have to keep a track of everything that's happening in the space so we have a full stack tech team a full stack research team um we we are also hiring more uh, more folks on our technical teams as well um so in the time to come expect like you know more interesting sort of configurations with respect to the blockchain and and as we continue to you know push the envelope um of of scalability hey cosmonaut want to survive and thrive through this bear market the best way to do it is to stake your coins risk free if you hold atom osmo canto or celestia's tia you could compound your tokens risk-free by staking with Interchain FM. Your delegation supports the Cosmos radio station, so we can keep bringing you the alpha year after year. Now, back to the show. In terms of blockchain scalability and extensibility via the modular architecture, how do you expect to use multiple DA layers like Celestia? Mm-hmm. You know, do you think there's a future for using something like IBC as mm-hmm. the communications protocol? What are your thoughts about that? So I think IBC has been sort of the inspiration, right, for like everything cross-chain um, in the space, right? So right from Tendermint to IBC, like everybody seems to be learning from Cosmos or what, what has to be done. Within the EVM space, we've seen some interesting cross-chain applications now coming up now that we have things like Layer Zero, Wormhole, and like, I would say, fast, efficient, generic message passing protocols where you can send liquidity, NFTs, and, and, and sort of, or, or rather just pass messages between chains very easily. Could we, for example, uh, use other data availability layers and what that would look like? The reason I brought that up is because I do feel that ultimately the data availability layer also will have its own economics, right? So, so currently when the user pays for fees, he's also, he's paying obviously for, you know, fees for, on L2, fees for uh, the transaction because it has to land up on L1 on Ethereum. But then he's also paying for the data availability cost. And and what that means is at the data availability layer, you're going to have fee generation happen over a period of time. Now, there are various ways in which you can create value in this layer and how, and I feel that as data availability matures as a technology, different layers will compete, not just for chains, but also for um, for for these fees uh, from users and ultimately could even provide, let's say, rebates in some sense, right? So you could have, for example, a situation where if, for example, we use X data availability layer, right, we could get a, like a rebate on the data costs in, in sort of maybe a token or something like that. So there's going to be, you know, different economic models at play here. And this will lead to like this kind of an arms race in the data availability layer side. So that's kind of why I feel that if you follow, let's say, pure modular design philosophy, you know, in some sense, you want to be able to give this option to the user or to the, let's say, a smart contract developer. Does it matter so much? Would it be bound to a chain? I think we have to give it some more time before, you know, seeing these kind of configurations. But I fully expect, uh, like, a lot of competition in this sort of data availability and not just in this layer and all of these different layers. And this competition would mean that offering more options could potentially be better for the user in the long run. Like, that's kind of what I visualize when I see how these things are evolving over time. Where do you think the space is headed with respect to having DA layers as the norm? But if we don't solve decentralized sequencing, is it headed towards more centralization? A spicy question. So this is, this is a very interesting, like, discussion, right? And I'll, I'll try to summarize it as succinctly as I can. Do I expect more modular, modularization? Uh, yes, of course. 
are there going to be more data availability layers in the future? Of course, right? Can we find a way to mix and match configurations and provide options? Yes, we can. But sequences is a very interesting sort of space because ideally for the sake of decentralization, you would want decentralized sequences. But in some sense, I feel it also breaks the revenue model for blockchains. So for example, if a blockchain is running a sequencer and accruing fees, the blockchain has a revenue model. Like current generation blockchains don't have very strong revenue models. And when you have a revenue model, then you can run a chain, then you can generate funds for, you know, continuous sort of improvement. Otherwise, you're continuously gambling on the token price to be able to sustain your company. Now, when you sort of decentralize the sequences, does it break the revenue model? Or, or what should the revenue model of a chain look like? Uh, ultimately, the chain has to be able to generate value in order to be able to distribute that value to its uh, sort of token holders or potential stakers or whatever have you. So I feel that decentralized sequencers and, and what the, maybe the value accrual for the token and for the chain would be is something which is maybe not very clearly misunderstood. But I do feel that decentralization is sort of the, um, the end goal or the end state. So we would have to figure out what these economic models would look like. Or should we move towards decentralization when it comes to the sequences? Of course we should. And it's a very complex problem to solve. But I think with all the different teams now uh, looking to solve this problem, I, I'm fairly confident it will be solved quickly. The whole purpose of the space is for decentralization. And the reason why we need the modular stack is to scale to the next 6 billion or so users. So mainstream users, right? Everyone in the world. Yes, yes. The same as almost everyone in the world has access to internet somehow. If we're able to achieve that, then the idea is to get decentralization technology in the hands of everyone. True. However, the problem is if it re-centralizes, then if, why not just revert back to the centralized norm, which is already scalable to worldwide? You're 100% you right. I think it's such a fine balance, right, one has to achieve where you need to be able to... So so the way... Okay, so let me explain it in a slightly different way. Ultimately, you want value creation and then you want equitable distribution. Like so the Web2 business models create not just centralization in terms of technology, but centralization in terms of the distribution of that value. So whatever value is created, for example, in any network or in any business is concentrated to a very small set of, let's say, individuals or parties. And then and so then the institutions rest... and then yes. push retail to the periphery push. and then for retail to access it, they are gatekept by the institution that you onboard through the institutions. Right. And 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 with Web3, we want to break that. Right. So not only are we looking at collective ownership, but we are also looking at equitable distribution. Right. And 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 which is why decentralization is so important. These are the problems we are trying to solve. But at the same time, for every blockchain, right, and, and for every, let's say, piece of technology, you need to continuously improve it, evolve it. You need to, like, continuously improve security. So, which means that you need the ability to run, let's say, teams, right? These could be globally distributed, but in some sense, tightly knit teams whose, whose sole focus is to ensure that this technology continues to serve the utility which for which it was designed, right? So, equitable distribution is important, but being able to have some model wrapped maybe let's say within that equitable distribution is, is very important, right? This is kind of where we feel is the sweet spot of how you can create this technology, continue to evolve and build it, and then continue to sustain it, right? And, and so that decentralization never stops. Like I would hate to be in a situation where, uh, you know, we're not able to find these economic models 
and then you know it becomes total all the it becomes like all about token value sort of play right where token price matters the most and then decentralization would then fail and then people would be like yeah this is why you should not build this this is why you should do web web tools answer so i'd hate to get there which is kind of why we need to like collectively work together and and figure out a solution to these problems thanks for coming on the podcast for right, thank you for having me Thanks for tuning in to Interchain FM. As always, I will read through the pages of white papers and condense only the alpha for you in a one hour long digest. Be sure to subscribe to Chango and Chain's YouTube channel to be up to date about the latest technology and never miss a live streamed episode.